0: Welcome to the Equity Team Podcast, where we provide Sedona, Arizona real estate insight to help you thrive during your next real estate transaction.
1: All right, welcome back to the Equity. Uh, Today we have Shannon Boone, who's the housing manager for the city of Sedona, Arizona. And uh, welcome and thank you. Thanks. Shannon, you have a very important job.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's what they tell me.
1: Yeah, so, you know, it's, we, we need every location needs to have long-term housing, needs to have something that's affordable or else, you know, we lose the local residents to other towns. They move elsewhere and, and all that. So that is all your job. Right. Yeah. And you're the expert on that. Okay. Well, good. So uh, two main things um, that we'd love to talk about with you today. One is general long-term housing um, and kind of what, What's in the works and and what's working, what's not working. And then the other thing is um, affordable housing, because we do get questions about that. And we, you know, we get questions from investors specifically, and that want to know is there room to maybe partner with the city somehow and do something. So it's maybe a little more lucrative so that they can offer something that's more affordable to tenants. Sure. So um, do you want to kind of dive in a little bit and talk about what's in place now? And then we can kind of ask questions as we go.
2: Um, okay, so um so far, we have a couple of programs designed to um, help increase the number of available renter rentals and um, promote home ownership. So we have the rent Local program, which incentivizes short-term rental owners to convert their property to long term rental. Um, we also have the down payment assistance program, which is designed to um Provide up to forty thousand dollars in down payment assistance for home buyers buying anywhere in the Verde Valley, as long as they work for the City of Sedona. Um, the City of Cottonwood also has the same program, so anyone who works in either of those two cities is eligible for the down payment assistance.
1: And just be clear, so uh, those buyers would have to be employed by City of Sedona or City of it has to be a government government employment.
2: No. Employed, no. No, they have to work for an employer in the city, so okay. it does not have to be the actual city. Okay, but any employer. So it's essentially a benefit that we offer for employers throughout the city to offer to their employees. I'm assuming
1: that's just for buyers that will live there full time.
2: Yes. Yeah. It has to be um, their first home in the Verde Valley and their permanent residence. And
1: is that forty thousand? Is that uh, due back at some point? Is it like? It is. Is it a zero interest, low interest loan? How it's, does that? It's
2: be? zero interest, but it's essentially an equity share program. So, if the amount of the down payment assistance is effectively, let's say, ten percent of the purchase price of the home, when they sell the home, ten percent of that would be due back, or of, of their gains would be due back to the city.
1: I see. Are there any circumstances where that's waived? That.
2: Um. <laughs> yeah, no.
0: no, no. Okay, short version. Is there a deadline on it? So could they buy a house and then live there for thirty years?
2: They could live there their whole lives, and mm-hmm. when their estate sells their home, they would have to
0: pay. Back okay, soon. so just be like a lien on the house. Okay,
1: well, that's a great program.
2: And there are some other um, triggers that could cause payback. So if they moved to a different house and started renting that house, they would be responsible for payback. Okay. Um, if the owner refinanced somewhere down the line and took cash out. If there was enough to pay back the loan, they'd be responsible for the payback. Okay,
1: great. Now, selfishly, I'm going to dive in on this a little (laughs) bit more. With this program, would it benefit someone that is an independent contractor that works for a Sedona um, company? For example, a real estate agent.
2: (laughs) I think so. Okay, we have to check, on but that I'm bit. pretty sure that would work as long because we did have someone self employed apply, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty sure that would work as long as you could verify your employment. Cool. Okay. Um, one of the requirements also is that the employer, not that the employee, not be working remotely, so that we're not sort of uh, moving people here from other parts of the country. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
1: Now the Red Local program. Love to dive back into that a little bit. I have some notes here that are right off of the city of Sedona website. There's great information there as always. So as I understand it, is and and I'd love to hear it from have hear you, you explain how that works. But I know that there are two different um, two different tiers of the incentive that comes from city of Sedona to the investors. Sure, um, one is based on the whole house, and then one is based on room by room.
2: So not room by room, but okay. one is if you're renting your whole a whole property to someone or a family or whatever. Um, the other is if you're renting a part of your house that you live in. So not to break up a house room by room and get seven incentives for renting to seven people, but only if it's just a portion of the house that okay. is available.
1: And so if it's going to be a portion of your house, then it's just... One incentive based on the number of um, number of bedrooms oh. that portioning off. So, if it's just part of the house, <clears throat> one bedroom is 3000 per year and two bedroom is 4000 per year and three bedroom is 5000 per year. Right. So, if you have a five-bedroom home and you're giving three bedrooms to a family or whatever, they can yeah. getting five. Bedroom. Okay, right. cool. And then if it's the entire home, um, studio... One-bedroom, two-bedroom, three-bedroom is kind of how it's broken down. And studio is $6,000. one bedroom is 7000 A two-bedroom house is 8500 And then the three-bedroom is 10000 Right for the year. For the year. Okay. And is that just a one-year benefit or can it be ongoing?
2: So right now it's a one-year benefit because this is a pilot program. If it's a successful program, we feel like it's working and doing some good, we'll continue the program and refund it. Okay. Um, but so far... One year is promised
0: okay. do you know off the top of your head what the rent needs to be to get that incentive
2: um twenty two hundred dollars is the maximum rent you can charge in the program but there are no other limitations by size or anything just okay. nothing over twenty two hundred would qualify mm-hmm. which is essentially what's affordable for the median family in sedona mm-hmm. so, you know one of the, the
1: biggest challenges and i think you know, we're, we're saying that a lot of people are, we get the information out there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our, our investor clients, they're not, they're not going that way because it's not lucrative enough. Yeah. And, you know, investors, either you're making money or you're losing money. Right. So it's really, really hard, you know, when there are other options out there like short term rentals mm-hmm. or, or other multifamily or whatever it is that are making these clients a lot more money. Right. So, um, do you have any thoughts on that? As far as how to make that more
2: well, the big challenge of short-term rentals right now is that our housing prices were lower. Um, people who are buying a short-term rental and saying, "Well, I can't make the numbers work at twenty-two hundred a month." Mm-hmm. Well, you could have if you didn't pay so much for the house. So, the the income that can be earned from short-term rentals is driving up our home values, which is displacing more of our homeowners. So I have nothing I can say to investors who have that problem because from our point of view, you pay too much for your house and you're causing a local problem by doing so.
0: (laughs) So what do people, what would investors, what could they do now if they have (coughs) money to invest now and they want to help provide more housing, what could they do? Because the home prices are what they are. We can't change that. Yeah. what could they do?
2: Well, if they're looking to invest in a an individual property like that, I I don't have a good suggestion. If if you can't make the numbers work, renting it at twenty two hundred a month or less, um, you know you could rent for more than twenty two hundred and still be helping out local families. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know sometimes it's more like you know five or ten thousand a month that you could make on a short term rental. So I can't solve that problem. Um, if we had a way to, we would be working on that. Uh, But what investors can do is instead of buying single-family homes, look at other ways to invest that can actually help the local community. So maybe that's multifamily housing Mm -hmm. or a larger development. And I talk to developers every day about ideas or thoughts they have about developing multifamily Mm -hmm. properties. And we have um, properties ripe for redevelopment in the city that can be multifamily, and the city has land So. Mm -hmm. We're open to partnerships of all kinds with developers to create more housing that our locals can afford.
0: That's great. And I want to talk about some of those projects because there are some really cool projects that you guys are doing. And it's just kind of been dominoing very recently. Uh Especially in the last 12 months, the city has been buying a lot of property. So, but before we get there, I wanted to ask, because the incentive program you're saying is $2,200 a month is the maximum. Uh Is the city looking at increasing that because it is very low, you know, compared to, you know, buying any house with okay. a loan. Right. The loan is going to be much, much more double that, <laughs> you know. So okay. is there any talk of, you know, increasing that?
2: No. Okay. Um, because the city wouldn't subsidize market rate housing. Mm-hmm. And so if it's, not, if it's over 2200 it's simply market rate. Oh. Anyway.
1: You know, a, um, a real savvy argument that I've heard that really stuck with me is that the more long-term rentals that are on market, the more that those rates will come down because there will be more options for people. Mm -hmm. And in order for them to get them rented, they're going to have to drop their long-term rental rates, Mm -hmm. which is a real argument for getting away from a cap of $2,200 per month and just saying, we want more long-term rentals, as long as they're rented to people that have either A, been maybe displaced because of long-term rentals being pulled into short-term rentals or you know, they've got to be people that are maybe actively working in Sedona or something. Um, and lately we have been seeing some more long term rentals mm-hmm. that are popping up on the market, which is good. Right. We need it. Yep. And as a result, the ones that aren't renting, they're having to drop their rate and mm-hmm. drop their ring until they rent. And so that's just that that's the natural market, you know, of a that's the benefit of a free market. Um, so coming full circle, it sounds like the city is not considering that is that something that could be considered or i mean i know you just know what you know but
2: how it be so there are a few challenges to that one is uh the arizona state gift clause we can't simply give people money for nothing in return um, so what we're getting in return is affordable housing if it's not affordable if we're just giving people money to provide market rate housing i'm not sure that that we wouldn't have some legal obstacles to overcome in that case. Um, another reason is we can develop housing. We have to figure out what our cost per unit is in developing housing. And at some point, it just it's not cost effective to incentivize homeowners to do the right thing um, if we could be building multiple units at the same time with those dollars.
0: Yeah, yeah in Phoenix, <clears throat> we own lots of properties in Phoenix, about 30. Mm-hmm. And they're all affordable housing. The city of Phoenix pays us mm-hmm. and th- it comes out of the affordable housing budget yeah. and that's collected through sales tax, mm-hmm. property tax, bed tax, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge incentive for us. And we are looking to buy more properties there because mm-hmm. it makes so much sense. Yeah. Could the city or have you looked at other projects like that where you can actually subsidize the entire rent mm-hmm. at a certain number for people living in this area?
2: We haven't yet identified a need to subsidize an entire rent. Are you saying that the city pays you the full amount the full of rent. rent for the tenant? Yeah. The tenant is not.
0: The tenant pays the about $100. So there has to be that. some kind of buy-in, okay. Like almost like a psychological buy-in that right. they are incentivized. Yeah. And of course, they have to keep the property maintained and nice and certain things like that. And are those through
2: Section 8 vouchers?
0: It's not Section 8, no. It's, it's not, City of Phoenix. It's just the city? Okay. Yeah, it's a really cool program.
2: I think if we identified a need that we had that many folks who were, it would be probably under 30% of area median income to get yeah. that deep mm-hmm. of a subsidy, because mm-hmm. that's essentially Section 8. Yeah. And the program sounds very similar to their local version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think if we identified that we had that deep of a need, we might look into something like that. But so far, that's not the case. Um,
1: yeah, the housing displacement in a big city like Phoenix, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to compare. I mean, obviously, there is a need here. But it's just a smaller number of people.
0: So it's not necessarily the, <clears throat> the... problem isn't necessarily the locals aren't making enough. It's that the rent is too high. Right. So they're making good money, but it's so high.
2: Yeah, most it's- of We're our high. folks who have housing needs here are working. It, it, mm. And working full-time.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. So Shannon, I have, I have an example, a recent example. Um, two days ago, I spoke with a client out of Phoenix who... Has purchased quite a few, you know, multifamily properties. He's kind of dipping his toe a little bit into short-term rentals, but he likes multifamily. And we were talking about a, a property in Sedona that's available right now. It's a 14-unit property, mm-hmm. multifamily. You probably know the property. Uh, it's on Jordan uh, in Uptown Sedona. Uh-huh. And you know, his question was really, really good. We we're we we're talking about. You know, short-term versus long-term rental, it is a short-term rental-friendly property. And that's where the most money can be made. But one thing that we talked about is the potential for, I don't know, maybe partnering with Sedona somehow mm-hmm. with that investor and having some some assistance, maybe something even outside of the rent local program, something yeah. that's maybe custom fit.
2: And uh, That's what I was mentioning before, that we entertain any type of partnership with developers. So I believe that person reached out to me. If not, someone else reached out to me about that building. (laughs) I'm told them. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we would totally be open to a partnership if the property was then deed restricted for some level of affordability and not necessarily deep affordability like what you're Yeah. But, you know, if it's just affordable at the workforce level.
0: Yeah, or some kind of restriction where you can't do short-term rental for
2: five years or 10 years. Right. So there would definitely be a short-term rental restriction on it, probably forever. <laughs> yeah. Now, with that example, just
1: to kind of go down the rabbit hole a little bit more and and get a little better clarity on it. So it's it's listed for about five million, and um, you know that's a that's a tough kind of nut to crack already. But would there be room? And this is nothing that I'm holding. You too. It's nothing that any of our audience should hold you to. It's just to kind of explore it and have better clarity. With an example, let's pretend it's hypothetical per se. Um you know, is there room for doing something with the city on either one of two fronts or maybe both fronts? Either they help with the purchase mm-hmm. and then maybe there's like a five or ten year agreement in terms of what the cap is going to be on long term affordable rent or something like that. And or you know, an ongoing annual benefit to to keep rents lower or something.
2: We would be much more likely to participate um in the purchase. Okay. Than to have an ongoing annual agreement. Okay.
1: Good to know. All right. Well, you know, for, and, and of course we have more things to talk about here, but for our audience, um, you know, if you're like us where you want to support local communities and you want to offer and you want to help out with long-term rents and all of that and make money in the process, then just reach out to us and, you know, we'll, we'll get together with Shannon and, and anyone else that needs to be part of the conversation and we'll hash ash it out. So, so we need more stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cause that the 14 units would be very helpful. Yeah. It would be. And if we see 14 and then another 20 here and 8 there and 30 over there, then before we know it, we have 100 new units for people to live here locally. So
2: Right. And right now, those types of projects are more appealing than they will be a year or two years from now once we start building. Yeah. But right now, we need units fast and existing properties are the ideal. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that because... The city's been buying all this property, like I said, and um, we had just helped facilitate a sale to the city on Shelby. So I'd love to hear if there's any updates on it, because I know it was purchased for affordable housing. Yes. Um, Could you shed Um, any light on what's going on with that?
2: So we have been working with um, a tax credit developer out of Ohio on that property, and they are applying for the low-income housing tax credits to the state of Arizona, Um, So last week our council approved a $300,000 loan for the project and um, a long-term lease on the land for 75 years or an option to lease the land if they get the tax credits. Um, We'll know June 1st if they get awarded the tax credits. And if so, we'll have 30 units of housing on that site.
0: Great. That's great.
2: Very excited about that one.
0: Yes. And there's another one next to the cultural park as well, right? So what... Is going on. I thought there was a property that was purchased by the city at or near the cultural park no. for housing. Yeah. No. Okay.
2: That um, didn't happen? Just the cultural park itself mm-hmm. was purchased by okay. the city. Okay. So we'll do a master plan for the cultural park. So we won't be ready to entertain development proposals for that site for at least a year. Um, but we are looking at splitting off a piece of the larger parcel to just move forward with some apartment housing. Because the need is so great. We can't wait until we sort of master plan with the whole community. So just a small part of that will be for housing.
0: And the master plan is coming up, right? I got the email update. So, you know, anyone who's local in Sedona, please participate in these meetings. They happen only every 10 years, is it?
2: No, that's a different plan. plan? So right now we're updating the community plan for Sedona, which we do every 10 years. Mm -hmm. And that community plan guides all of our work. For 10 years, that's um, we're constantly referring back to that. Programs and policies are built around it. <clears throat> but what you're talking about is the cultural park plan, which will be a development plan, a master development plan for that site. So we're actually trying to finish up the 10-year community plan update before we start a master see. plan for the cultural
0: park. So if investors want to invest in Sedona and build multifamily, now's the time to speak with us, speak with you. We can sit down and talk about what's possible out there. Sure. So when you have that plan ready, whenever it's due, I don't know when, but sometime this year, you want to have something to present to the community that they would vote on? Or how does that work?
2: Um, Actually, we would probably have several different types of sessions where the community provides input about what they would like to see at the cultural park. And one of the things that we're really working on in the community plan is teaching the community about the need for housing. Because if it doesn't affect you, a lot of times you don't realize how deep the the problem is um, so we expect that by the time we do the cultural park plan the community will say we want to see more housing there and we've already heard we want senior housing there we want apartments there um, affordable home ownership but we've also heard we want to keep the amphitheater and we want an art museum and so there are a lot of competing interests for what turns out to be actually a pretty small 40 acres <laughs>
1: Beautiful property, though. And, um, yeah, I can see why a lot of people want a piece of it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Is there
0: any other properties or projects you want to talk about to share with the audience?
2: Um, Not specifically to an open audience, but the city (laughs) owns a couple of other parcels that we're considering redevelopment on. And we're aware of properties on the market currently that are ripe for the right kind of development. I think most developers will know getting a zoning change here is no fun. It takes a long time. But there are properties we've identified where we would support that. So
1: That's good. Excellent. Is there a way to make that information a little bit easier for, for investors to look at so that they know that things are options? Or do they kind of just need to be lucky and sort of well, ask about properties?
2: They need to ask about the properties, and yeah. especially the ones that are privately owned, because we have you know no business marketing their property as a benefit to our city.
0: Well, I know on the city website, you guys do a great job about what projects you're reviewing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to get to that exact section, but it is on the city website it is. development
2: or yes, something like that. under community development.
0: Yeah. And that shows, I that's what I check on. And I, I look at all the different projects mm-hmm. that's being reviewed.
2: Yeah. So projects go onto that webpage once their plans have been submitted to the community development department for review.
0: So not necessarily approved, but someone proposes an idea, it'll be on there. They
2: actually have to be on there before they're approved. So interesting. Okay.
1: Great. Speaking of community development, um, Shannon, are there are there up and coming things the city's kind of already got approval on that they're gonna be unveiling or or things like that that you can share?
2: You know, the Shelby project is probably the most recent. Um it's I don't think there's anything else to be unveiled right now, but a lot stuff in, in the, the works. The worst. Yeah, about you <laughs> right. so, oh, well, yeah. So you got some good stuff <laughs> you want to share, and you yeah. can imagine working with private developers; they want to keep their projects secret sure. too because they just have their land under contract. And
1: yeah, <sighs> they've got a lot of things they need to figure out, and it's yeah, it. exactly. Well, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I really appreciate you. it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. Really excited to get this info out to our audience. And, you know, we might we might be in touch for follow-up, depending on questions that, that we get back from investors and other people considering these these projects. Great. Cool. Thanks, Sharon. Thank Thanks. You.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Equity Team Podcast. To speak with one of our top agents, visit us at owninaz.com. That's O W N I N A Z dot or call us at nine two eight three two three zero zero three one.